0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to D20 Dudes. My name is Paul.
1: And I'm Dylan.
0: And in generic white guy voice, I'm going to say hello. Hello. How are you? You look great today. New hair? Love it. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. And this oh. week, we'll also be doing White Plume Mountain. We're going to do a one off. It's going to be super duper fun. It is a. Uh, pre-designed module, which we did an episode on recently, and I think we're going to have a blizzity-blizzity blast.
1: Absolutely. What? Absolutely. Okay, that's what I thought you said. Um,
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, okay, so just a real quick rundown on how this is going to go. So, this module... White Plume Mountain is actually famous. It was actually re-released for the 25th anniversary of its release, originally from 1979. Um, It is first edition Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. It is old school as old school gets. It's completely uh, encapsulated in its own thing. It doesn't have to be a part of another module It doesn't require continuous character development from other uh, playthroughs. It's just its own design. Make a character, run the module. Um, It actually was designed as a... uh, Believe it or not, it was actually basically a a job resume. Someone wrote it and sent it in and just threw everything they had into this piece. They just went crazy because they just really wanted a chance to become a writer for the uh, Dungeons & Dragons team. And as it happens, they loved it. They loved it. So he got the job, and White Plume Mountain absolutely swept the scene. It's fabuloso, super fun. Uh, for His dad this, even
1: admitted that he was totally rad.
0: Dad finally said he loved him. him, gave him a man's handshake. Because uh, you got to think, this is back in the, uh, the great scare where Dungeons & Dragons was Satan's game. And Ooh, the, satanic devil, yeah, the satanic panic. Yeah, satanic panic. Devil worshippers were in your kindergarten and all that crazy stuff. So dad probably wasn't very cool with the long hair, metal son who wanted to play Dungeons and & Dragons and uh, not talk about hot rods. But he did it. He showed his dad because he became successful, and boy, did girls still not talk to him. Uh, <laughs> take that, dad. Uh, so the way we're going to approach this, uh, this series, or this series... This module uh, was originally designed for 4-10 to players uh, from 5th to 10th level in 1st edition. We have recontextualized some things. We're going to take it one character, which you can absolutely do. We advanced the level from low to high. We actually went all the way to level 12. um, Just because you'll see why when we get there. Um, And... We also adjusted the combat and character sheets to 5th edition, because it was very difficult to get a hold of consistent material, because there's a very diverse amount of material for this. It, it, like I said, it, he threw everything in, and it, it needs everything to play, and that, that's hard material to get if you don't want to break your bank. So, uh, we decided to scale it up for 5th edition. Not hard, was actually pretty quick, and we're really excited. Uh, Dylan, do you have anything you want to throw out there?
1: Uh, Nothing in particular, unless you want me to introduce my character.
0: Yes, introduce your character.
1: My character is Captain Reginald Steibach of the uh, military in Mirabar, the Sword Coast. Uh, Joined the military from a young age, was weak of constitution, and did poorly until he realized that he was actually a sorcerer. And that is where his usefulness came into play. He could cast those majory spells and such.
0: Was there an aha moment? Did, did he just suddenly become a sorcerer? How did that happen?
1: Uh, well, he... Um, to use kind of an old cliche of mine in character development, um, he had a sorcerer's lineage, but it had not awakened, so he was not aware that he was a sorcerer uh, until a, a nearby lightning strike uh, caused him some minor damage, but jolted his sorcerer's blood awake. Hmm
0: okay okay uh what kind of sorcerer
1: uh he's a storm sorcerer Ooh,
0: good 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 context there i like that i like that that's nice okay so uh white Plume mountain we're gonna go ahead and get this ball rolling it is exactly what it sounds like it is a dungeoneering thing so uh let me begin with my introduction White Plume Mountain has always been a subject of superstitious awe to the neighboring villagers. People still travel many miles to gaze upon this natural wonder, though few will approach it closely, as it is reputed to be the haunt of various demons and devils. The occasional disappearance of those who stray too close to the plume reinforces this belief. Thirteen hundred years ago, the wizard Coroptus was searching for a suitable haven where he could indulge his eccentricities without fear of interference. He visited White Plume Mountain, going closer than most dared to, and discovered the system of old lava tubes that riddle the cone and the underlying strata. With a little alteration, he thought, these would be perfect for his purposes. The area already had a bad reputation, and he could think of a few ways to make it worse. So taking with him his fanatically loyal company of renegade gnomes, he disappeared below White Plume Mountain and vanished from the knowledge of men. Today, the once feared name of Corruptus is little known, even to learned scholars. Little known, that is, until several weeks ago, when three highly valued magical weapons with the cryptic names of Wave, Whelm, and Black Razor disappeared from the vaults of their owners in the midst of the city of Greyhawk. Rewards were posted. Servants hanged. Even the Sanctuary of the Thieves' Guild was violated in the frantic search for these priceless arms. But not a single clue was turned up until the weapon's former owners each received a copy of the following note. Search ye far or search ye near. You'll find no trace of the three unless you follow instructions clear, for the weapons abide by me. North past forget, no, no, north past the forest, farm and furrow, you must go to the feathered mound, then down away from the sun you'll burrow, forget life, forget light, forget sound. To rescue Wave, you must do battle, with the beast in the boiling bubble, crossed cavern vast, where chain-links rattle lies whelmed past waterspout's double. Black razor yet remains to be won underneath inverted ziggurat. That garnered, think not that you're done, for now you'll find you're caught. I care not, former owners brave, what heroes you seek to hire. Though mighty, I'll make each one my slave, or send him to the fire. Signed by the symbol of Corruptus. Spooky. Spooky.
1: Spooky. Spooky. And with that... F-P-Y-E-W-K-Y. Spooky.
0: And with that, great reward was posted for all who would endeavor to receive these treasures. Men of valor were considered the highest of value. And wouldn't you know it, a military man of great renown just so happened to fit the profile
1: Captain Reginald's type, I'll catch your service. I might be a moron, Paul. Mm-hmm. I was like, where is my phone? I need it for my character sheet. Well, I am staring right at it with my character sheet on it. And the, somehow did not put that together. It's
0: the, it's the classic, uh, I can't find my glasses, where are my glasses? You know what I mean? I
1: can't see a thing without my
0: glasses. Well, I didn't say that part because <clears> the joke is that you're wearing the glasses.
1: Yeah, but I like the Velma thing. <laughs> Velma's a cutie. Oh, man.
0: You have arrived am- at White Plume Mountain. You stand alone in a vast area of dismal moors and tangled thickets. You have arranged to leave your horse and simplest possessions at the nearest village. The Dead Knoll's Eye Socket, the local tavern, has all of your items and effects that you deemed unnecessary in their chest, consider them safe. Are you I prepared? Shall.
1: As prepared as a man of my stature can very well be.
0: Very well. Before you stands a... Before you stands an almost perfectly conical volcanic hill with a, with a, with a, with a nice, well-formed crag right before you. Almost natural, yet somehow perfect in its door-like shape, as though the nature was guided to create it, just for your entrance. What will you do?
1: First, I shall tap the ring on my left hand, casting the light cantrip so that it will shed light around me so that I may see as I head down into the cavern.
0: A wise choice. As you enter into the cavern, a spiral staircase stands before you. You look down and see that it descends well over 100 feet before ending in darkness. You simply cannot see that far. It is very poorly made and even more rusted. What will you do?
1: Rusted? I will simply try to go...
0: Yeah, okay, descend the staircase.
1: I go down the staircase then.
0: And slowly you do, slowly, consistently, down and down, and down further still, the staircase continues lower and lower. As you go, the air becomes warm, humid, even foul. You feel almost as if you're being smothered, but lightly. As you feel it, you also begin to notice something, your hand caressing the rusted staircase down, holding on to some stable grip, unsure of your footing. You sense vibration in the staircase. You'll notice a very soft, continuous hum deep within the old metal. And further down, and further down, and further down you go. Once you finally reach the bottom, you feel it. Thick, splashy water. Thick, splashy water. Floating on the water are patches of green and white subterranean algae. This thick humidity has now reached its peak. Fungus clings to patches in the walls, even the ceiling. It's harmless, but it is everywhere. You cannot possibly avoid it. Mud thick and sucking in pockets on your shoes. This scummy water is your whole way forward. You realize very quickly that silence is impossible.
1: How deep is this water?
0: Uh, Just below the knee.
1: Just below the knee. I see. I will continue forward.
0: And continue forward you do. As you continue forward, another fifty-so paces, you hit a wall with only one way to turn. A hallway to your left.
1: Then I shall glance down this hallway to perhaps see if there are any threats before proceeding forward.
0: You can see some things down the hallway You see a rather mangy, bedraggled shape, almost like a lump of tattered furs just thrown about in the middle of this watery hallway. Beyond it, you can see something else, something very strange. You can see through, and yet the air looks hazy, as if there was a steaming vapor between you and the next thing. Yet there's no heat or sound. It's as if there's simply something there, blocking the path.
1: Would an arcana check perhaps allow me to understand what that is?
0: You, a gifted sorcerer, are familiar in the ways of magic. I won't need to worry about a check. You recognize it as something simple, yet quite effective. A wall of
1: force. Hmm. Disintegration spells are quite useful for dispelling such walls. They are absolutely... I happen to have exactly one at my disposal. Will you be casting it from afar? Will you be approaching
0: first? What would you like to do?
1: Ah, well, first let me check what the range of this spell is. I may have to get close to it. Uh, Disintegrate. Has a range of 60 feet, so I suppose I will approach until I am 50 feet away from this wall and cast my one sixth level spell of the day.
0: Okay, uh, as you approach, because I love you, I'm going to do this for you first. <laughs> as you approach to become just within range, you notice that the furs are in fact not separate, but a mangy, tattered, singular creature with gnarled, bedraggled fur all over it. It begins to shift and shape, slowly standing up, yawning casting off the wetness from its wings as algae and moss seem to suck to the old creature. Before you stands the giant sphinx.
1: Ooh. Greetings. Hello, small creature.
0: What brings you to my hall?
1: Well, there is quite the bounty out on recovering some... Certain weapons of magical persuasion that I intend to collect if I can proceed further into this mountain. With your permission, of course.
0: Mm. Not by my permission. You talk like a clever man. Are you a clever man?
1: I, um... Well, I'm no Delord, but I wouldn't say I'm anything like a a genius or anything of the sort. I, am. As you're talking, the
0: the creature becomes far more imposing as it slowly stands on all four legs. You begin to see its muscles wriggle, its wings extend, and it slowly but surely advances towards you. Enthralled in your conversation, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) I am going to... um... Maintain a respectful posture, but stand my ground.
0: I will do you a favor, clever man. Answer my riddle, and you may enter my hall. If you do not, you will not exit my hall.
1: Well, it certainly appears I do not have a choice in the matter, if I wish to proceed forward, does it?
0: Round she is, yet flat as a board. Altar of the Lupine Lords. Jewel on black velvet. Pearl in the sea. Unchanged, yet air-changing. Eternally. Of what do I speak?
1: Uh, Well, my first supposition would be the moon.
0: Clever indeed. He turns, goes back to his simple spot, falls deep into the water, covers himself in his wings, becoming yet another simple part of this unchanged, filthy place and the wall of force disintegrates before you.
1: That was quite imposing. On I go. On
0: you go. Okay. So, we're moving to the next room. And uh, I'm excited for this one. This one's going to be nice. Let me pull this up here real quick. Okay. Actually, it's important to mention as you walk about another 20-30 paces forward, uh, all of a sudden, you have three directions. Oh, excuse me. You have left, you have right, and you have forward.
1: Alright. I have a uh, a casting pouch. Okay. It has all of my casting utilities and such in it. Yes. I know that one of the... Uh, casting components I need for a spell is a piece of chalk, so I'm going to take that piece of chalk and use it to make a mark where I currently am so I can find my way back. Yes,
0: you make that thick mark. Though I would recommend that you brush away the intense moss and filth so that the mark actually sticks.
1: Certainly. It
0: plays a bigger role than you know.
1: <laughs> You'll see. Um. Once I make my mark, I will go left. Hmm.
0: As you descend down the cavern to your left, you find something very interesting before you. A ten-foot-long, ten-foot-deep open pit, filled with and hidden by water. You can barely Hmm. make it out with the cast of your light spell, which is why I'm telling you in advance. (laughs) <laughs> but you can just barely make it out. The thick pit waits before you.
1: Hmm. I think I'm going to go back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't trust that. No, I don't that's feel like blowing fair. all my
0: high-level spells right away. That's perfectly, well, that's going to be <laughs> unavoidable. I'm glad you didn't use Disintegrate, because that goddess sphinx would have eaten your face if you had done that. That's why I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> just, <let it> just <laughs> move ten feet forward. Uh,
1: Alright. <laughs> I will go down the right path instead.
0: The right path. But is that the right path? You continue down the hallway, and yet, seemingly, there's really nothing there. All you can see is a hard wall, filled over with moss and filth, and something else. It's green, it seems to be part of the environment, and yet it's something wholly separate. What is this thing covering the floors and ceiling?
1: Hmm, e. would a perception check tell me?
0: A perception check tells you that by your distance... The next step you take forward or backward will be drawing the ire of whatever thick green slime seems to cover this surface. As you can tell, just inside the moss, there is old armor, broken weaponry, and just a few bones.
1: Some sort of ooze, perhaps. Hmm. Is there a pebble nearby that I could get? Absolutely. I'm going to take a pebble and I'm going to throw it down the hallway as far as my arm will allow me.
0: You don't hear a plop. You don't hear a thud. You hear a schlorp. You Mm -hmm. hear a thick, oozy... as it pops right into the slime. And you suddenly see all of that green... Coming forward from the moss From the stonework And beginning to wriggle violently The moss is no more But the slime Is ready for you Combat begins
1: Oh dear (laughs) I suppose this is where One rule's initiative This is one initiative rule
0: Luckily it is just a slime Though I don't know that you've encountered many
1: uh 17 looks like oh slimes do not have high initiative <laughs> luckily
0: they are slime let me roll that there roll
1: it oh
0: uh when i put that with this let me just make sure that i'm getting the fifth edition of this monster because i do not need these first edition stats Okay, we are ready. Lovely. Are you... Oh, and it's uh, his initiative was 14, you go first.
1: Lovely. I will test the waters with uh, an acid splash spell, which I believe will require me to make a ranged attack roll. Okay. What is my bonus there? It would be a plus four. Now, is it? Hold on. It's either a plus 4 or a plus 9. That's a big discrepancy. That is a big discrepancy. Oh no, it has to make a dexterity saving throw against a DC of 17.
0: Well, it's slime. Probably not going to do well with that.
1: Probably not.
0: 14, better than I thought. Uh, Fails, obviously.
1: Still not enough. It is going to take 3d6s of acid damage, which as I am thinking of, probably now, a stupid spell to have chosen. For for a slime. slime. Because
0: boy, boy does it have that fat DR. Exactly for the the one spell you could have picked.
1: (laughs) Well, It is a cantrip, though.
0: So, alright, so it's 13, I think it gets a DR5 Might even be more than that, let me check We'll roll DR5, okay, takes 8
1: 8 Damages
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the slime uh, Being what it is The size of it and the nature of this event Because we're going to play it old school uh, The slime is not going to be Like a chrono trigger jelly uh, It's going to actually Make motions towards you So, the slime has now formed into an amalgous mass. It is wholly centered on the floor, and it begins to roll forward towards you at a steady pace, closing within... I'd I'd say it moved about 15 feet forward. Very well. Uh, Its goal is to surround you and consume
1: you. (laughs) In that case, I'm going to move 15 feet backwards and cast another spell. Uh, This time... A firebolt. Oh. A scout flame. I would not have as easy a time hitting the monster, but it should have less resistance to this particular type of spell. So let us see what I might roll to hit this creature. Uh, well, if I had a flat surface to roll on, that would help. How's a 13 looking? A 13 will hit. Lovely. It is going to take a d10 of fire damage.
0: Uh, no, it is not. It is dead. What? You see it light furiously. The slime hisses and screams as it boils down, hideous, the fire consuming all inside its flesh. Fire was the secret of the slime. It takes it out instantly, and that's listed in the module.
1: Lovely. Well, that was somewhat easier than I expected.
0: It was a tremendously better choice than Acid Splash.
1: (laughs) It was. It was, like, really dumb now that I think about it. All right, then. Uh, Reginald, will proceed forward. Yeah.
0: If it makes contact with you, it will start from your feet, but it can consume you within four rounds or less of combat.
1: I'd rather so it, like,
0: yeah, it, it. It's more of a staged event than it is anything else. Um, as you look beyond the slime, by the way, you realize that there is the uh, loot of the deceased bodies, you suppose, though it's all been vastly eroded, and there is nothing else left to this hallway. It was nothing more than a trap that the slime took full advantage of.
1: Very well then. Back down to the center hallway.
0: Back down to the center hallway. You have to the left in the water pit and you have forward, which is unknown.
1: Forward I will go. And a forward
0: we will go. Okay. So now we are going to enter towards... Okay. So as you're walking down the hallway, you happen to pass by, to the right of you, a very vast pool. You can see down, roughly about 10-12 feet deep. At the bottom of this pool, which again stands to the right of you, apart from your hallway, okay, is a very stiff valve wheel. You can see that it is rusted and worn with time, yet the valve sits there at the bottom of the water, waiting to be turned. What will you do?
1: Would I perhaps be able to turn the valve with a mage hand?
0: Uh, no. No, you say. It requires a considerable. It's not something a mage hand could simply pull. It requires more than what a
1: mage hand is capable of. Very well. Hmm. I would like to, to use my perception to see if there are any threats that might accost me should I go into the battle.
0: As you examine, you can see only the pool, only the valve, nothing more, nothing less. I will say this. You do also as your finger touches the rim of the pool, as you peer your face into, like deep into it at the back of your mind for reasons you cannot explain, you feel the slightest tingle.
1: Tingle of magic perhaps. Perhaps. I will detect magic. You can
0: almost sense it. Something is there. But you're just not close enough.
1: Mm. Fine. I will wade into this pool of water. Will you descend into the pool of water? I suppose I shall.
0: As you slowly sink further and further down, detecting magic all along the way, your fingers tracing the lines, following vibrations, Your soul clued into something deeper and more mysterious than what's in front of you. You sense something deep at the bottom, almost like a knob. And with your hand, you twist, and you have found
1: a hidden door. Down at the bottom of the water. Down at the bottom of the water. Then I shall attempt to open this door.
0: It simply opens. Lovely. In I go, I suppose, before I drown. You're doing fine, I'm I'm sure you can hold your breath for more than a few seconds. Nothing nothing crazy's happened so far. Uh so you slip through the door and as you secret your way just a little further down this corner and a little further down that corner, your heart begins to beat. You become more and more concerned. How far can this really go? Thank for thank God for my light spell, but how long can it ever last? How much longer can this hallway go? Will I drown? What's happening? And as the fear begins to take hold... Another door. Open it! Open it! You find yourself in another pool. You look around. It's the same as the one you went into. No valve, but a surface ten feet higher. Surface you must.
1: And surface I will.
0: And surface you will. You swiftly climb... As hard as you can to the top of the pool and pull yourself out, heaving and gasping the whole way. I'm
1: getting much too old for these sort of strenuous activities.
0: So strenuous, so much activity. As you look around, you find yourself, as your senses slowly recover, in yet another filthy, mossy, waterlogged hall. It turns to the right, it turns to the left. A simple, singular hallway. And here you sit, unsure of which way to go.
1: First and foremost, I will use prestidigitation to dry my clothing. This is quite uncomfortable.
0: Quite. You do not want to
1: chafe. <laughs> Indeed I do not. And then I will make another marking of chalk on the wall, after cleaning this small spot, of course. Mm. Good, good. Attention. With the same prestidigitation spell, I can clean the wall. Phenomenal.
0: It is, in fact, a wonderful
1: cantrip. It is, in fact, a great cantrip. Something we have talked about before. I love cantrips.
0: All right. They're will rad. you turn left or will you turn right? Will you turn left or will you turn right?
1: I'll turn right, which is left.
0: Okay. That. That. Okay. So you turn left, and you boldly march forward until you reach the end of the hall. You see something to the left. You see something to the right. To the left, you catch just a flare of light, but you also hear sounds. Unpleasant, mechanical sounds. To your right, you hear nothing, but you can see light, only barely, as though it is shining through something
1: soft or crushed. I shall go left. I will investigate these sounds, but I will proceed sneakily. Sneaky, sneaky. You turn to the
0: left, and you reach the end of the hall. And you turn to the right. You see a door. It is a normal door, bound oak, swollen with dampness, difficult to open. But a door,
1: nonetheless. What will you do? Is, is there perhaps a keyhole? There is a keyhole. I will take a gander through the keyhole to see what I can see upon the other side. You
0: see nothing. In fact, you see more than nothing. You see a black so black, it cannot possibly be real.
1: Why, this cannot possibly be real.
0: He calls out into the black
1: blackness. (laughs) I will, I suppose, then attempt to open the door.
0: You begin to struggle with the door, and yet it will not
1: turn. What if I were to cast Firebolt upon the door? No, that won't work. It's a damp. Like Scotland.
0: <laughs>
1: or Paducah. <laughs> or Paducah. Or Owensboro hmm. today. I really don't have anything that's going to give me much in the way of help here. You do not. I suppose I will turn and go the other way. Okay. I'm not a strong, man.
0: Then we leave the door. We leave the door, and we turn to the left, continuing back down the hall. You find yourself at the original fork. Will you go the other direction, or will you go back down the hallway?
1: I will go the other way. As you go the other
0: way, you turn the corner and you see it. Tiny bits of light, soft, silting through the crushed rubble. You can recognize it, but only barely. This is the other side of the slime's door. What? The slime wall where you killed the slime and there was nothing behind it but crushed rubble?
1: Hmm. It's the other side. Interdasting. I suppose I have gone the correct way, then.
0: Interdasting, indeed. There are actually many correct ways. You are here for numerous treasures. If you can find one of them, I will consider this a success.
1: Well, then, I suppose back to the fork at the pool. Back to
0: the fork? Back to the pool! And there is still a way yet forward if you would like to walk it.
1: And I suppose I don't have choice other than to go forward. Alright, well, you can always go back in the pool. I am no coward, of which who will try and drown himself. In pools. In verily. pools. They coward! They are grody. They are grody. So, so grody. I will proceed okay. boldly down the hallway. Okay. As a man.
0: Then, that puts us... Ooh, I like where this puts us. In this room are five flesh golems. Oh, no. <laughs> all lined against the north wall. Each has a number on its chest. Five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen. Number five takes in your appearance. One of us does not belong with the others. If you can pick it out, it will serve you, and the others will allow you passage. If you pick the wrong one, we will kill you. You have
1: one minute. Nine. May I ask why? Because nine is not a prime number, while the others are.
0: I'm I'm just... I want to give you a standing ovation for that one. That is fantastic. I was kind of afraid the flesh golems were going to punch your face in. Uh, Well, you know what? That's fantastic. You have a flesh golem. His his name is number nine. He is not a prime number. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) That was exactly it. (laughs) That was perfect. (laughs) Now, unlike standard flesh golems, these are realer than real. They'll take damage that flesh golems wouldn't normally take, but they can also take actions the flesh golem couldn't normally take. You essentially have a companion with you. Lovely. That's, well, you know what? It's good to have a tank in the crew.
1: <laughs> it definitely is.
0: Okay. So, uh, now that you're here, you can uh, walk forward to the next area if you would like. I suppose I don't have any other recourse. Fair enough. Here, You see something very simple. A short flight of stairs leading up to a dry corridor. How wonderful. How out of character. Well, that's true. In the center of this hallway, now that you have arisen into the dry corridor, is a turnstile. It allows passage, but only one way. How
1: absolutely remarkable to find a turnstile of all things down here in the center of a mountain. Thick, wrought iron bars
0: blocking your passage, allowing you one way forward only. As thick, wrought iron bars stick from the wall on the other side, preventing passage backwards. Very well, I suppose I must go forward. I've always got magic to get me out of any jam I might get in. You also have a golem. I would recommend you remember that. I indeed shall. I'm uh,
1: going to name him Gerald.
0: Gerald boldly marches forward through the turnstile.
1: I will follow. And, and yes,
0: you do. And you continue down the hallway, of which there is only one way to go. To your right. Will you continue on? I will continue. Then we have reached one of my favorite rooms in the game. Boy, howdy. You open into a large natural cave. The is ceiling is...
1: Hmm? Is it a crab?
0: No. Uh, is there a
1: crab?
0: Crab is not here. No, no, no. Crab was another way that you backed out on. Uh, this is something very different, but something very fun. Uh, you walk into a room, a thick, beautiful, natural cave with a glittering ceiling. But you also see that it is not so beautiful as it stands 50 feet above the level of the platform that you stand upon. 50 feet below you is a deep pool of boiling mud. Thick geysers spouting out. Boiling, sizzling, Ready to consume anything foolish enough to touch it. Opposite the entrance is another stone platform, ninety feet away. Between them is a series of suspended wooden discs, hanging by steel chains. The best way I can describe this to you, and I'll, I'll give you the layering of the of the text here. Um. Do you remember Playgrounds when you were a child and there were the discs you could stand on for balance and there were the uh, little platforms you could wrap your feet on? Yes. That. Over a giant boiling mud pit. Yes. And there are two particularly massive geysers among all of them. They can reach nearly to the ceiling. They seem to erupt every few minutes. And as they do... They spout mud about, even striking the wooden discs. Each disc is about four feet in diameter and three feet apart from the next one. It does have something chaining it to its center. There is a consistent chain thinly between each of them, so they can all stay in some soft alignment. But there is no security before
1: you. Before I attempt this... I am going to cast upon myself Spider Climb. So should I lose my grip, I will be able to swiftly regain it.
0: Explain to me exactly how Spider Climb works.
1: Well, let me read the spell description in my player's handbook once I get to the page. Until the spell and one willing creature you touch gains the ability to move up, down, and across vertical surfaces and upside down along ceilings while leaving its hands free. And the target also has a climbing speed equal to its walking speed.
0: Fantastic. How long does it last?
1: It lasts for up to one
0: hour, as long as I concentrate. Phenomenal. In theory, you could use that to bypass the entire room.
1: I could indeed. I could just walk along the ceiling instead of even dealing with the discs at all.
0: However, your golem is not so lucky.
1: But isn't he? Can you share that spell? I can touch him also. In fact, I will touch him first, allow him to cross, then touch myself, and cross myself. (laughs) Touch myself?
0: Uh, Okay, well, if we're going to do that, There is one thing I'm going to need done. What is that? This room from one platform to the next in a straight line is already 90 feet away. If you add in the surface diameter of scaling 50 feet up, 90 feet across, and 50 feet down, platform up, across, down to other platform, we have a pretty extensive walk, right? Yes. That's going to take a few minutes, right?
1: Yes. So we will have to dodge the geysers.
0: You will have to maintain concentration as the geysers erupt massively shaking you to your very bones. The soft vibrations you felt in the metal so far away in the staircase you descended, hundreds of feet up were the eruptions of these geysers. Their power is immense, it is the force of nature unleashed. You're going to need to really work at it.
1: Getting Reginald across should be no problem, because I will have to concentrate while he is walking. Getting myself across would be different. Mm.
0: Okay, so he's going to make the walk across, correct? Yes. Okay, I don't see any need to roll it. You're the one maintaining concentration of the spell. He's a thick, sturdy golem. He knows how to maintain his pace, and being that he is not human, he does not suffer from distractions. He has a singular goal, and he will achieve it. I, just, I just see no reason to roll on it. It's perfectly fine. Reginald makes it across.
1: Lovely. Now I will also spider climb.
0: Spider climb, spider climb. Will you make it over in time? Will the mud eat your face? Or will you keep your embrace on the thick cavern walls?
1: Concentration checks. Well, my proficiency bonus in this is a plus four. Good. So, assuming I'm not a total wimp when it comes to boiling hot water shooting from the ground straight towards my unwilling face and eyeballs... Mud. I it's be thick fine. and
0: vacuous and a sticky, sticky death. Oh, vacuous like that spider. Oh.
1: Ugh. Rom. Ugh. Ugh, indeed. Not a fan. All right. Again, would be great if I had a flat surface. Here we go. Uh... With my modifier, that would be A20. Good man.
0: Good man. You have made it past the first geyser. Concentration perfectly maintained. It means nothing to you. But, as you are approaching, as you are coming to the other side, you are five feet from making the turn down to descending to the next platform. And the second geyser erupts you roll for me? I will roll indeed.
1: Oh, not as good. That's an eight.
0: That is a fail. That is a hard failure. It needed to be not that.
1: (laughs) Dylan. So now I am falling.
0: In your arrogance.
1: (laughs) Catch me, Reginald. Catch me.
0: Reginald. Quickly sensing his master in great distress, boldly lunges forward. You are five feet from the turn. If you roll your body, you can at least crash to the ground on this platform. But it's still going to hurt a whole heckin' lot. Do you have anything you would like to cast in this descent? Or will you simply trust in Reginald to catch you, or the floor to do it at least? You're a sorcerer, you can use instants.
1: I can. I didn't give myself a whole lot with this. I'm going to have to blow a very high level spell if I want to catch myself.
0: You can do but it, or you can trust in Reginald.
1: I'm going to give Reginald the benefit of the doubt. Oh! <laughs> How interesting. Just because he is not a prime number does not make him not prime in my heart. Hmm. Flesh
0: Golem prime.
1: Optimal prime.
0: Um, So. Uh, let's go ahead, again, to the benefit of him, he is not human, he is very aware of all things happening in front of him, he has a very clear mind, we're going to roll with that for this, Flesh Golem, I'm not going to give him disadvantage, however, would we, would this be an
1: athletics check? I would call it athletics.
0: I would call it athletics. Um... For the sake of Reginald, I will make his roll for him. I do have his stats and his modifiers for strength are very, very generous. So I do not foresee a problem. And oh no! Oh oh no!
1: Oh no! I like
0: that. Oh frick! Dylan.
1: How boned is...
0: Well, after the ask. modifier, it's actually 22. You're fine. Uh, ah! <laughs> just wanted to pucker your butt.
1: Uh, it is fully puckered.
0: <laughs> it's fully puckered. Boiling mud. Not great. Not a not a not California right. housewife. Don't like mud baths. There's a,
1: there's a diamond being made somewhere.
0: Oh! <laughs> oh, man. What... Well, Congratulations to Reginald! Big ups all around. I'd recommend you high five him, but it might blow your arm to pieces if you do that. <laughs> uh, give him a hearty thank you. Don't forget. To thanks th- to you, Gerald. Don't forget to thank your flesh golems, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they work hard too, and you have made it. You have cleared the cavern. That grand was delightful. I was really hoping that at least Reginable's going to have to do the discs. There's like a whole thing there. But you know what? I do really like that it was able to just sort of be dealt with. I, I, I always love that, when there's just a solution. That's what really makes sorcerers fun. Um, so that's really, I like that a lot. So, you've made it all the way across, but to what end?
1: To whatever exit there is on the other side.
0: There is. There is a thin passage before you, descending downward. Then downward we must go. And downward we must go. As you descend, it is a short walk, and yet concerning. You feel the oppression of the small chamber around you. With Reginald behind you, it's almost as if there is no exit. You are entirely locked into this path. As you come forward, you see a thick oak door. What will you do? Open it. You open it, and you step in. As you take in the room... Actually, make a perception check for me.
1: I will! Oh boy, I don't have any modifiers on this. I'm very persuasive, though. Um, a nine. A nine.
0: I'll give you this so you can make the next decision very wisely. You step inside, and you see darkness. Thick. Oppressive. Permanent. Darkness. Unbearable. All-consuming. Pure. Blackness. You can see nothing. With your light spell... You can barely make out three feet in front of you. And that's being generous. You are consumed in this darkness. Except for one thing. One thing that you can distinctly make the shape of. Not because it gives off its own light source, but because the very presence of this thing is so intensive. Its very image exists apart from all things. You can clearly see, and yet not see... There before you, in a trance, a vicious, withered husk. A husk, you say? A husk. You can tell that it is wrinkled and decrepit.
1: I would like to sneakily skirt along the outside of this room to go all the way around it and not disturb this husk.
0: Make that sneak. Make
1: that sneak. Twelve. Not great. Not the best.
0: As you begin to slowly idle across the wall, you find yourself tucked inside a corner, beginning to make your next idle. When the husk begins to snap, creak, and crack alive, it seems difficult for it to talk. It has been here for untold years. I am the Vampire Tenmia. You have cursed my place with your presence, and you will pay the price! He screams it out, crackling, creaking, slowly breaking and reforming every joint in his hideous body. Slowly the husk, untouched by the blood of a living creature, Caught inside this horrific trance by Corruptus, awakens to serve its singular purpose. To cast out all who would enter this room. Oh boy. Oh boy, time to fight a vampire of untold (laughs) power.
1: Sounds like initiative.
0: Sounds like initiative. And
1: roll for Reginald. Uh, Oh, thank God you
0: have Reginald. Reginald.
1: I am Reginald. It's Gerald.
0: I said roll for Reginald.
1: Uh, God dang it. Hold on.
0: I don't know what I will do. Just it- I just said but I just, just, want, just want you to roll for Reginald. I want Reginald to feel like he's a part of you. I want you
1: to love Reginald. I am Reginald. I am Reginald Steibach. I rolled oh, a 10. Filmed. Yes. Not great this time.
0: Not? Not strong? No. Uh, Okay. Would you like to roll for Gerald?
1: I'll oh, roll for Gerald. Does he have an initiative modifier? Of three. He's oh, faster than I am. Well, that's a nat 20 on the die. Reginald, you will Gerald. sit
0: back. Gerald will crush it.
1: <laughs> Gerald will crush with his big, meaty claws.
0: Oh, uh, Tenmir, uh did beat 20, but... That was a natural 20, and I know we don't really actually need to take that, but just under the circumstances, I just would really love to see that flesh golem just run forward and punch a vampire before he even finishes his sentence. <laughs> so we're just going to roll with it. I think that's going to be more fun anyway. It'll appease the skill 20 people. that will make them happy, so we're going to roll with it. Uh, that's that's really just the, the name of the game with Dungeons & Dragons. You just roll with it.
1: It's TND. Oh, well, Jerry, Suck, suck that vampire in his big pointy teeth. Break his jaw.
0: Do it. Now, here's something I need to find out. Do flesh golems have any disadvantage in darkness?
1: Um, I believe they have blind sense. They're not using eyes to see.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's the same. I think that's what we're going to go with. Okay. Well, fantastic. Uh, let's go ahead. I'm just going to have you, I'll tell you what, here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and read you some of, uh, Reginald's, not Reginald's, more some of Gerald's stats. Uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. Okay. His AC, uh, for five E would be 18.
1: Ooh. Beefy.
0: Yes. His HP would be 60, because it's stable. He attacks uh, very typically with strikes, and if they hit, he rolls 2d8s per fist. And considering what we're about to fight, I'll even let him have two attack turns. (laughs) He has two fists. He might as well use them. Of course, that would be in a combat round without movement, which this one will have movement, which would make sense. So, he charges forward, and he wants to make that fist connect hard as crap. What is his attack (laughs) roll? Two. Tenmir.
1: (laughs) Just. (laughs) (laughs) I've had stronger openings.
0: Tenmir suddenly in a flash zips behind him. Nothing personnel, kid. (laughs) (laughs) And Tenmir uh, would like to take his turn.
1: I suppose he can.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, let's see. Oh, my d12
1: is under my bum-bum.
0: Believe it or not, uh, he is unarmed. He uses just classic, vicious, entranced, vampire-sized vampire vampire attacks. In fact, one detail I forgot to mention, uh, if you look at his arms, uh, which your character might not even be able to see him right now because you are in oppressive darkness, um, do have chains on them. This vampire has been beaten to heck. He'd been hurt. (laughs) So, he's going to make an attack roll, And he gets plus 9 to hit, because holy crap.
1: Because sweet Jesus, that's a vampire.
0: Well, the first attack was 17, which shockingly missed by 1, so that's great. That one hits. Oof. That one fat hits. Uh, So, he is now going to make a 1d8 plus 4. And it rolled 8, so that's 12 damage. Oof. I mean um yeah there it is. He he really pounded that stone. He he really he hit that flesh golem harsh.
1: harsh. <laughs> There's a big loud smack sound.
0: And it it's oof, it's painful. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's like that. Could you just imagine that like I am the vampire tenmare. Catch these hands. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love always love that sound effect. All right. Would you like to no, cast a spell? Would you like to improve your visibility?
1: The... Oh. I as of right now not. in permanent
0: darkness, you are at a disadvantage unless you have some sort of like dark vision or something.
1: So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend two of my sorcery points to cast a quickened spell, which means I get to cast a spell as a bonus action instead of an action. Nice. Does that I am going count to cast his turn? Yes. Nice. It's okay. meta magic.
0: It is in fact meta magic.
1: I am going to cast Lightning Bolt.
0: Lightning bolt. Lightning
1: Lightning Bolt is not a targeted spell. It is a line AoE. That is incredibly smart. Yes, indeed. So this thing must make a DC seventeen dexterity save.
0: Okay. It gets a plus nine to those. Oh, it whiffed. It whiffed? It whiffed. However, being Tenmir and being Beef AF, he gets three times a day a special ability called Legendary Resistance. He can just choose to pass the saving throw anyway.
1: Then he will take half damage.
0: Then he will take half damage. How much damage will he take?
1: Eight D6s of them. (laughs) So I suppose four D6s. Okay,
0: so you want to roll them, baby? Yes. Now there's also a very important question. Yes. This AoE, is it going to hit your golem?
1: It won't, unless he is standing... Unless Tenmir has interposed himself between me and my golem. Okay. Um, So he would take 20 lightning damage.
0: And 20 he will take.
1: Now... Since that was only a bonus action, I now have an action that I'm going to use to cast Lightning Bolt. Okay. <laughs> DC 17 save. Oh, he passes that one. Oh boy. Four more DA. D6s. 17 more lightning damage. 17 more lightning damage. So that's
0: 37 total so far, right?
1: Yes. Okay. So is Tenmir flammable? It's an mean, important question. Technically, it does say it ignites flammable objects. I
0: mean, unless you've covered him in oil, I don't think that's what it means.
1: Ah, fine. <laughs>
0: like that's not. I had to try. You're <laughs> really pushing that one, man. Take a break. Okay, that was thirty-seven damage that round. Okay, now it is your buddy's turn.
1: Get splat. Don't suck this time, Jerry. That one would be a 13 to hit. No. ah, Not even close. Ah. Well, does it get any modifiers? I'm just doing a light-based like, dice roll. Uh,
0: he gets plus four to hit.
1: Well, that would be a 17. Still doesn't. I'm ah, fine. Jerry once again whiffs with his big, meaty claws.
0: Was that it? He's standing. He's standing now. He He does have a second. second. Yeah, Yeah,
1: he does have a second one. I had totally forgotten. We're gonna Um, we're gonna
0: let him have it because well, that one was even worse. All right. Well, you're about to see some crap. Uh, Tenmir is not a vampire for no reason, and immediately heals himself for twenty health. Oh no! Just just because it does not take his turn. It's just a thing he can do. Every turn, as long as he's got at least one HP. Rude. 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 Ted is he's wilding out, man. He's, he's a big boy. And uh, he's also a, right in front of your big boy, and he don't appreciate them whiff hits, even if they did whiff. So he's going he to take a smackaroo. Oh, he whiffed that one. Oh, that did, that did not work.
1: <laughs> oh, that
0: one was critical failure. He knocked himself on the floor like an idiot. <laughs> he got so angry, he just punched like a wild man, but he's just so broken down from his entranced... Like horrible pr- imprisonment. He just flubbed it. He's, he just whiffed completely. I'll tell you what, I don't want to make him go full prone, but do you want to take an attack of opportunity?
1: Uh, I mean, or we Gerald. Can th- Gerald can take the attack.
0: Yeah, well, Gerald's the one who's going to be able to take advantage of it. I'm just going to say he exposed himself, and Gerald gets a free retry with one punch. Because it's that, or we make him go full prone, which I think is a little ridiculous in the context.
1: One punch! Uh, (laughs) Guess who's also gonna get knocked prone? (laughs) Oh, no! Alright,
0: so Tenmir whiffs the hit, and Gerald whiffs it also. So they both fall on top of each other. And now they're both layering over each other, full prone. How about that? Oof. I I don't know how else to describe so this hideous failure. Alright. Oh no. Alright. Well, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> and no, there is literally no way that you're going to be able to make their hits count separately now if you use any kind of indirect magic attack. They are literally on top of each
1: other. I am going to cast. Wall of Fire. Okay. How does it work? Each creature within its area of effect must make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. DC 17. I would assume you have disadvantage since you are prone. So would Gerald. Yes. uh, Pass the first one.
0: Mega pass the second one.
1: There would only be one. Uh, I'm not swift casting this one.
0: Oh, I mean with Uh, with the disadvantage.
1: Oh, I rolled twice, and even with the lowest one, we made it. Well, hot diggity dang. This is not going well. So, uh, what kind of damage are we talking about? It would be seven fire damage. By the end of it? Yes. That is after. uh Passive to say that's the haft. Um, but. But. Mm-hmm. He will have to make that throw every turn that he is within the fire, and since his next turn he will have to stand up with his movement, he will have to make that saving throw again.
0: Okay. Was that your whole turn?
1: Yes, I do not feel like swift casting this turn.
0: Okay. Well, uh, Gerald is on top of him, and they're on the ground. What's he going to do? Uh,
1: primarily be on fire, I suppose, where he must also make. The saving throw of the dexterity variety.
0: He gets a plus four to that.
1: That's an nat 20. So he is Gouge. So he will take half damage. That's already not good. That's already super not good.
0: Well, they would share the damage roll, wouldn't they?
1: Uh, nope. Well, Gerald is going to take 14 fire damage. That is after it being halved. Gerald... Is getting a little crispy. That's, that's a little hard. But he is going to stand and he is going to just try and slap that vampire. He's just going gonna to have a big old meaty hand come on down.
0: Okay. Uh, at this point. Alright. Yeah. That's how you want to do it. That's how we're doing it. Okay.
1: God. No. I'll Oh, f-
0: <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to use my swearzies, but... Oh, man.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, oh, man. You know no, what, I just though? cannot land a hit with Gerald.
0: You know what? Good news. Good news, Dylan. Fire, as it happens, is used to purify sin and creatures of a less than sacred nature. Tenmir will no longer be automatically healing every turn. Lovely. Hooray! Good! That's pretty good. And you know what? We're going to use it. Yep, fire Fire is a good reason. I have decided that. Fire is a good reason.
1: <laughs> it's a good boy.
0: Yes. Uh, well, we're not going to be calling that spell down. Okay, well, I mean, my whole turn is just going to be fumbling up. Like, standing up is going to be everything Tenmir can do right now. Uh, so, that's his turn.
1: Now he must make a dexterity saving throw, for he is still within a wall of flames. Okay. Pass it. Gosh darn you. How much damage? Uh, let's
0: find out. Twelve
1: after the reduction.
0: Okay. He is now where he was before he healed himself. The first time. <laughs> uh, I am going to... Would have been back to full HP if we did not burn him. <laughs> This is what we call folks at home listening, uh, DMing on the fly, where we recognize that there is a situation that needs to be resolved swiftly, and with good lore reasons, we have decided, for, this, for the benefit of all, that uh, this particular one that i I've mean, scaled up, we didn't know how it was going to go, and now we do, and we're just going to tone it down a little bit.
1: I am going to bite the bullet on it. Paul? What's that? Captain Reginald Steibach will reach deep into the wells of magic within him to cast his most powerful of spells, his deepest of magics, and attempt to disintegrate the vampire.
0: In 5e, tell me how this works. Is this a one-shot, one-kill if he fails the DC?
1: If he fails the saving throw, he dies instantly as his body is reduced to ash.
0: Full disintegration. Even a vampire can't come back from that.
1: The only thing that would be able to revive him from this is a true resurrection or wish spell. If he passes the saving throw, he will take 10d6 plus 40 damage.
0: And that is your ultimate spell?
1: That is my one level 6 spell.
0: Okay. Do you want to do anything to create disadvantage for this check?
1: Uh, you know what? I will. I am going to spend another two of my... Um, uh, Wizard boy points. points. Yes. Lowering me down to eight.
0: Is Disintegrate like Emperor Palpatine's Force Lightning level lightning? Level 12, set, level 12 Sith status lightning.
1: It's like I fire a green laser out of my fingertips, or my eyes if I so choose, and anything it hits is just gone. Okay,
0: so with that extra two, what did you do?
1: I'm going to cast the light spell upon a pebble, or upon some trinket I have in my inventory, and throw it directly in front of the vampire, so the light will be right in front of his face.
0: Although he does not suffer from the darkness, the light is hideously blinding, as he has lived untold, untold decades, if not centuries without it. The light has become as great a myth as Tenmir, and it is hideous and
1: blinding to him.
0: Cast your disintegrate, Dylan.
1: He must roll a saving throw. For wisdom, or dex, or... Dexterity. 17. What's the check? He has to roll a dex saving throw against DC of 17.
0: It's it's all 17 pretty consistent even with that spell?
1: Okay. Yes, that's that's my spell save, DC.
0: Okay. I didn't know. I mean, it seems like a pretty exceptional spell. I didn't know if there's anything different about it. Um, well, you know what? Uh, 27 on that first roll. And uh, two on the second. He disintegrates.
1: Oof. Tenmir is no more.
0: The laser beam, lightning whatever lightning-whatever-the-holy-god. How did you do that? That's not even cool, man. That attack (laughs) just kablooies his face hole. It's unbelievable. You could open a rift to Valhalla with that. It's like you met Zeus and spit in his mouth, and he shot lightning out in a furious-tempered rage. And it just pounds Tenmir in the face. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: as Tadmere slowly so so slowly yet horribly turns crispy dose crispy dose and just turns into thick clumps of ash slowly plopping into the ground he flakes and he crumbles and he howls in pain and then Tadmere is no more. Congratulations, Dylan.
1: That was quite harrowing.
0: Quite harrowing, actually. Uh, That was a good use of stuff. Well, great news. Oh. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh. You have found your way to the secret room. You have found your way to the treasure whelm. A lawful neutral plus three hammer, with Ooh. oh, it's plus five for dwarves. Intelligence oh, fifteen, ego eighteen.
1: It's an intelligent weapon. It's an intelligent weapon. My word,
0: that it was born in purpose to kill all trolls, giants, and goblins. This includes bugbears and hobgoblins. It can be thrown and will return from up to 150 feet thrice per day, but only for dwarves. It can also act as a hammer of stunning. Once per day, when struck upon the ground, it will send forth a shockwave, stunning up to 45 hit points of enemies up to a distance of 60 feet for four rounds if they fail to save. But they make a check every round. Uh, It also detects gold, gems, and the presence of goblins. But, but there is a drawback. The wielder of this weapon takes on the tunneled nature of the dwarf and takes a minus two whenever he is fighting in a large open space as he is racked with agoraphobia.
1: Ooh. Well, this weapon it seems like it would be best in the hands of a dwarf. It, so a dwarf shall have it.
0: But until then, a flesh golem. Not a bad fit. Kind of a good weapon for a Flesh Golem.
1: Not a bad weapon at all for a Flesh Golem.
0: Uh, that said, you also find uh, 5,000 silver. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of silvers. Yep. 2,000 gold. That's all, a lot of gold. All in six leather sacks that you can handily strap to a bandolier if you or your golem would like to carry it. You also find uh, three magic scrolls, magic mouth, and two dispel magics. So write that down in your character sheet, Dylan. Because you have found one of three sacred treasures, and that is an excellent place to end today's
1: session. Oh, geez. This is
0: an hour and a half. This was a lot of fun.
1: This is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. I actually like this adventure.
0: You know, White Blue Mountain. <laughs> fun White Blue Mountain. Really, oh, we're in, like, the boring one, too. We haven't gotten to the good ones yet. Oh, my God. This is awesome. And we're, like, not even in the cool one yet, man. We've we've ghosted through a lot. Like, you finding that secret door bypassed a whole other section of secrets and, like, all this other stuff. You really, like, we, we took an interesting roundabout way here. But, like, it, it gets pretty nutso in the other ways of the three paths. So, this was super dope.
1: And perhaps we shall come back to it and find the other two sacred treasures.
0: I'm kind and of, actually, I would love for us to, uh, to bring this back. Uh, I, I think you and I should record these and, and save them as future episodes. Um, maybe, like, do a regular episode next week and then uh, resume the adventure the week after that so that we can wrap it up appropriately in, like, a good timeline. Um, but I, I think it would be a lot of fun. Uh, I hope the viewers at home thoroughly enjoyed it. If you would like to hear more of it, just let us know, and if it didn't really hit your fancy, that's okay. We will shelve it for another day, but we would really like to say uh, this is the joy of a pre-made module. Simple, fun, elegant. DM is very natural for us. We, we kind of play it easy. Um, I would like to say that One of the best things about this module are all the things that almost happened and didn't. There are so many things that almost happened. Dylan uh, disintegrating that would have not given him disintegration for this and he would have had to fight the Sphinx. Uh, let's not forget that. That would have been a very different turn of this adventure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that would have been um, a very different ending.
0: But A very different ending. Uh, it turns out if your Arc Lightning had hit your Golem, it would have healed him.
1: Whoa. Yeah,
0: your flesh that, golem oh, that's would have right. yeah, getting, would have been healed out. by lightning. Um, bypass that whole mud room, which is like a huge adventure in itself. That was really interesting. we would have had to make a lot of checks to like hold on to your footing there. It would have been really intense. Um, finding that pool actually bypassed a whole other thing where you have to go through side rooms in the center path, and there are secret doors that lead over to this chamber. There's actually almost... There's almost no normal way to get there, unless you would have destroyed the rubble uh, where that slime was.
1: Oh, but I'm not a strong boy.
0: You're not a strong boy. And we found a very roundabout way of getting here, but it was worth it. It was really fun. So, love it. Uh, This was a blast. Hope everyone at home enjoyed it. Dylan, take us home. Make that roll, baby.
1: Oh, I gotta roll it. Oh, oh, I gotta get the sacred d20. It's over here. Somewhere. I believe one of my cats has run off with the sacred d20.
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna roll it really quick, because I got to... Wait, wait,
1: here it is. Here it is. I've got it. Goodness. Oh, this is proving more difficult than I ever anticipated it could.
0: Dylan, this anticipation is killing me. Please roll it.
1: (laughs) Well, I have to open up the list. Um... Number two. An in-depth look on wrath. 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 Wrath and glory. An in-depth look on wrath and
0: glory. Perfecto. That's gonna be super duper neat. Uh... We do have a Twitter and a Facebook, and we hope that you will find us there. Uh, we hope that you enjoy listening to us, and you are always welcome to participate in our Discord, our D20Dudes Discord. Uh, we have a channel, and it's lovely. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh And have a wonderful day.
1: Bye-bye. Come oh,